This podcast is presented to you by High Desert Word Center in Barstow, California. For more information, visit hdwc.org. Open up your Bible, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 13. And I know that everybody has a, a notebook and a pen. Because we're a word church and we take notes, that's what we do. And write this title down. Tough times don't last, but tough people do. Tough times don't last, but tough people do. And I talk about spiritually strong because in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10, he said, be strong in the Lord. That means be tough spiritually. Be strong in the Lord out of the power of his might. And, you know, I just want to say this. So many things in life we go through, people think, well, it's just who you know. Well, it is who you know. You know Jesus. You know your Heavenly Father, and He's the one that knows everything about everybody you're ever going to deal with. And so no matter what you go through, even if you're dealing with rough people, Jesus knows you. And He knows them. And He knows what to do to help you get through the hard times. But anyway, that's not an original title I gave. I just thought about that this morning when I was praying about what to do tonight. And that's actually for Robert Shuler. How many ever heard of Robert Shuler? Did anybody ever get to go to his church? The second year was in California. No, it's the third year in California before they, before they, he retired. We went to his big Easter thing down there. And man, I'll tell you what, that guy, that guy, that guy was a preacher, but he was a showman too. They had a great big huge auditorium. We used to see that on TV. And I remember right where I was sitting, they had a platform built up the middle of the church there for that Easter play, and had a horse come running right beside my head. Right that platform was a donkey, actually, for that Easter play they was doing. But anyway, he had a lot of things, sayings like that. But tough people, tough people make it through tough times. And so that tells me I want to be tough spiritually to make it through tough times. That's what we're talking about, how to do that. So 2 Corinthians 4.13, verse 13 we having the same spirit of faith. The same spirit of faith. And so, uh, Paul's talking about this attitude of faith, this spiritual presence in your life of faith that Moses had, that these other guys had, except we got stuff that they didn't have. We've got the Holy Spirit in us. They just had Him on them. And so it says, we having the same spirit of faith According to as it is written, I believed, and therefore have I spoken. I believed, and therefore have I spoken. I believed, and therefore have I spoken. We also believe, and therefore speak. And so this spirit of faith he's talking about is not a spirit like the Holy Spirit. It's a spiritual attitude. It's your attitude in life. It's your attitude. And I learned, as, as a young Christian, when I learned the power of words, that I'd have what I said, that death and life was in the power of the tongue, and all the different verses I learned from my pastor, I listened to Brother Hagin, Brother Copeland, and the spiritual faith people I listened to, I determined I was going to be very cautious about what I said, because everybody, every time you meet somebody, it's, how you doing? How you doing? How you doing? Hey, good to see you. How you doing? I thought, man, I'm going to make sure I answer with words of faith that will please Jesus and not just quote the King James 
Bible to everybody all the time, you know, it's be a religious nut. And so I, I, I know what I prayed, what I decided, well, third John two says above all else, God wants me to prosper and be in hell. And so lots of times I say blessed, but I remember for years, somebody would say, how you doing? I'd say, I'm prosperous and healthy. Thank you. Why did I say that? Because God said that's his desire for me above all else. You know, there's so many things in life that God wants us to have and do and walk in that we're not walking in yet. But just because we're not walking in them, don't mean we can't talk about it. Amen. you got to talk it before you can walk it. Because when you talk it, then you can walk it. And that's the spirit of faith. You get the attitude in life. And you know, you know, so many times you, you guys have been around me long enough now that uh, I know you think I'm weird in a nice way. But you know, I, I, I think about this. I remember back, back, in, back in Indiana, when I'd be talking, I've said here a lot of times, you know, the old, old expression that uh, they say about Matt, he's poorer than a church mouse. I said, well, I don't want any mice, but if we had a church mouse, it wouldn't be a poor one. I'm not going to talk poverty. Or, you know, man, uh, he sticks out like a, like, like a sore thumb. I never say that. I say he sticks out like a healed thumb. I don't want a sore thumb. I want a healed thumb. And I've always watched my words not to speak death over my life because death and life are the power of the tongue. Amen. And, you know, I think about the healing issue. You know, you guys saw me go through things the way I've always, way I've always done it. I've stuck with the Word of God. In Mark 16, verse 17 and 18, it says, You lay hands on the sick in the name of Jesus, they shall recover. So people ask me how I was doing. I say, I'm recovering. I'm getting better every day. Did I say that because of what doctors were saying? No, they wasn't saying it yet. But the Word of God says I'm recovering because Jesus took me in the recovery room. As soon as hands were laid on me, Jesus said, as soon as the hands are on you, you're recovering. And so my, my healing started during that illness. As soon as the elders of this church anointed me, if all prayed the prayer of faith, recovery started. And so I'm talking about the spirit of faith. Spirit of faith has an attitude. That's not a religious attitude. It's not a bragging attitude. The spirit of faith just knows that I cannot lose for winning. Now, somebody said, well, that's not I ever heard that before. I thought you couldn't win for losing. Well, that's for you. If you want it. But no matter what happens, no matter what happens in my life, if I'm going to say anything about it, I'm going to say, man, I can't lose for winning. You know, because I'm going to come out on top of this thing because Jesus is for me. If God's for me, who can be against me? Amen. And so, so, so Paul said, we've got the same spirit of faith. We don't have a different faith than what uh, Moses had, or what David had, or what Paul had. We don't even have a different a different faith than what Jesus had. Jesus' faith was in His Father and what He said in His Word. And so I've got the same Father that Jesus has. I've got the same Holy Spirit that Jesus has. I've got the same Word of God. Jesus had the Old Testament to study. And when you, when you studied the life of Jesus in the Gospels, Jesus, at 12 years old, sat in the temple day and night studying with the priest, the scribes, the Pharisees. He sat there studying, studying, studying. And then when Jesus talked all the time, you hear him say, say things like this. It's written in the Psalms about me. And then he says, have you, never, <clears throat> have you never read? And then he'd quote the Word of God about him and about his life there. He always said what the Word of God said about him. He had an attitude. Amen. 
And so I'm just saying for all of us, no matter what goes on in your life, what goes on around us, you've got to have an attitude about you. And your attitude isn't silent. Your attitude's got to be talking. He says, the spirit of faith speaks. I ran into somebody the other day, and uh, you know, hadn't seen him around here for a, for quite a while. I just say, hey, how you doing? And just kind of had that depressed look like that. Said, well, today I'm doing okay. I thought, well, what about tomorrow? You'll be doing okay tomorrow. <laughs> you know, I thought, well, you know, just cause got up today and everything is okay today, what the enemy hits you tomorrow? You know what? If, you t- if an attack comes in my life this week, in Jesus' name it's not, you know what I'm going to do? I'm prospering and I'm being in health. God's for me, so I don't care who or what's against me. That's Romans 8.31, by the way, if you need to look at it. Romans 8.31. And so anyway, uh, I'm not just talking about hyping yourself up either, by the way. The spirit of faith, and I've said this so many times, is not just having a positive mental attitude. You know, there's a lot of people that are anti-God, they're atheists, don't believe in Jesus at all, but the seven most positive people you're ever going to want to meet because they're positive, because they kind, of, they kind of get themselves all psyched up and hyped up to where they think, man, I'm just going to have a good attitude all the time. Having a good attitude <clears throat> is not faith, but faith in the Word of God will give you a positive attitude. How could you not have a positive attitude if your mind's renewed to the Word of God. <clears throat> How could you not have a positive attitude if every day the first thing you think of is Jesus, and then at the first sight of any problems, the first thing you think of is what does the Word say? I've been trained like that for so many years. You know, it just... I don't know. I've, I've got this image so real that if I'm in a public place and somebody gets hurt, I've immediately got some hands going unless I feel my heart. I can't do this because it'll get me in trouble. But I am praying from a distance as soon as things happen. And so many times we've come upon scenes in life, people we didn't know and something happened, and we'd be able to walk up and say, can we pray for you? Just to get it going. And that's not because we're religious people. That's because we've got the spirit of faith. We've got, we've got in our hearts for the word of God and in our thinking we know what's real. We know where the help comes from, and that's how we live. So, anyway, that's not the sermon we're getting to the main part for you. But I just wanted to see that verse in passing. And so, the spirit of faith is this. We believe what the Bible says, and we speak it. We believe what the Bible says, and we speak it. So, in spite of our current circumstances, we're going to come out on top because we're people of faith. Now, look at verse 16 through 18. Verse 16 through 18. And I want to say this again. Tough times don't last, but tough people do. And I want to remind you, we're not talking about mean people, fighting people. We're talking about spiritual people that are strong in the Word and strong in the power of the Holy Ghost. And so verse 16 says this. For which cause we faint not. And faint not means we don't give up. We're not quitters. Amen. We don't lose heart. We don't let depression take over. We faint not. We don't give up no matter what's going on. It says, though our outward man perish, 
yet the inward man is renewed day by day. Our outward man perish, and that word perish there means death doomed, decaying. And uh, unless Jesus comes back in my lifetime, I know I'm going to die someday. But the Bible tells me I can live a long life and a satisfied life before I get there. But the Bible says, though our outward man perish, yet our inward man, our spirit man, is renewed day by day. And that, that word, that word renewed means revived, made fresh, vigorous. And so every day, every day, every day, my inward man is revived. That's as long as I walk with Jesus. I mean, you know, if I quit walk with Jesus, which I'll never do, then my inward man wouldn't be revived anymore. Because revival works in me all the time. I, 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 I do what Paul said, I stir myself. I do what David said, I encourage myself in the Lord. Amen? I stay in revival. But see, we've got to realize there's an outward man and an inward man. And so I know that sometimes when I was going through that cancer, that stuff a couple years ago, I know that, uh, man, I trained you guys, I trained you guys, I trained you guys. Don't ever ask somebody going through a health battle how they're feeling. Man, don't make somebody have to make a bad confession to you. And so uh, I know, you know I did my best to be nice and not come off cocky, but my life was on the line. And when I had 70% of my blood ate up with cancer, and I was going through chemotherapy, it was about to, about to kill me, and I come in the church, and I got two ushers walking beside me. Thank you, Robert. Thank you, Jesse. I had two ushers walking beside me and wanting to grab me because my legs would, legs would buckle and give out walking down the aisle. I'd say, guys, in the name of Jesus, I'd make to the front row. I said, yeah, I'll stay close. But I said, I don't want to be embarrassed in front of the congregation. I said, don't touch me unless I fall. And then somebody walked me. Hey, Pastor, how you feeling? And I say, the Word of God says I'm getting better every day. And sometimes I just, honestly, I got I got really frustrated, perturbed because I kept on telling people, and I've taught people for years. Somebody's going to battle. Don't ask them how they're feeling. May I say something nice to them, uplifted? When somebody's going through a hard time, don't ask them how they're feeling. You know, you want to say, "Hey, how you doing, Pastor?" I say, "Man, I'm blessed, doing good." That's different than how I'm feeling. And so I know there's a few times people in here would ask me, how you feeling, Pastor? I'd say, okay, if you want to know a fact, I said, I feel like I'm going to drop over and die right now. You'd be at my funeral next week. But, then I'd say, but, I'm not going by how I feel. I'm going by what the Word of God says. Hey, man. I said, the elders of this church, back in January, whatever the date was, it was in January, that stuff was going on. I said, the elders of this church, according to James 5.16, anointed me with oil in the name of the Lord. They prayed the prayer of faith. And the Holy Spirit through James said, the prayer of faith will heal the sick. And so I said, that's what's going on with me. But you really know what I'm feeling? <clears throat> Your pastor could drop over and die at any moment if it wasn't for God. That's how I feel. So please don't ask me again. I don't want to have to say that again. But anyway, our outward man's perishing. But my inward man, even through all that, was renewed day by day. I didn't have, didn't have a lot of my wits about me in my brain because the blood wasn't going to my brain. I found out through that process the doctor explained to me what was going on. 70%, 70% of my blood was cancer. I had 30% that was real blood. 
And so <clears throat> I found out how come before I was diagnosed that I couldn't function all day long. The blood would not make it from my heart to my head. And before we went to the doctor, I had about one good hour at nighttime. I started all of a sudden noticing, hey man, it's eight o'clock. It's nighttime. Wow. What happened today? Because all of a sudden enough blood finally hit there to make it work. And then by nine o'clock, I was out again. And I lived that way for quite a while. And so the feeling part wasn't too good. <clears throat> but my inward man, who spent the time with Jesus, and spent the time in the Word of God, was renewed day by day. And so my tough, my tough, tough people make it through tough times. My strong spirit, my strong spirit, strong in the Lord, the power of His might, on the inside, cause this outward man to line up. Amen. And make it through without quitting. Make it through without fainting. And so anyway, it says, our outward man uh, is perishing, but our inward man is re- renewed. So then verse 17, <clears throat> for our light affliction, which is but for a moment, worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. And so you think about what, what he said in First Peter chapter 3, he said, he said that one day is with the Lord is a thousand years, and a thousand years is one day. That's Second Peter chapter three, about verse eight, I think. But but one day, Earth time is like a thousand years with Him, and a thousand years like one day. And so, you know, that couple of years I went through stuff, that's not even a blip on the radar. You know, that that's gone, that's over. But He said, our light affliction. And so you don't think about anything in your life going on. If you've got a health thing going on right now, if you've got a family problem going on right now, a job problem, a family problem, whatever whatever it is your life might be going on right now, God says that's just a moment and works for us a far more exceeding and eternal way to glory. And what does that mean? <clears throat> Mrs. Pastor and I went through a really serious battle with other people that were attacking us. Financially, through court things, and all kinds of things, it lasted well over ten years, didn't it? And so you know, you know how that worked for me—a far more exceeding eternal way to glory. I dug in the Word, and dug in the Word, and I dug in the Word, and I dug in the Word through that, through every attack, and it was a nonstop volley of just hit, 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 court, 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 just all kinds of things going on for ten years. And we were not a guilty party. We did nothing wrong, did nothing. Just the devil raised up some people to try to destroy our life. And I know it's caused the call of God on us. And so it was a hit, hit, hit. And so during that whole thing there, excuse me, every time I'd hear a sermon preached where a preacher would give verses to stand on going through battles, I would study them. I'd meditate in the Word of God. I'd get them in my heart. I'd stand on them. I'd quote them. I'd use them. I would believe them. I'd know, man, this is over. All of a sudden, we get another summons. Court time. All of a sudden, we get false accusations. Lies and things going on. And so, what would happen? We'd go to court and we'd lose again. And so, what would I do? I didn't think. I didn't quit. Mrs. Pastor didn't quit. We dug in the Word. We found more verses. 
We stood on those verses. Say, glory to God, we got this now. We go to court. Then we lose again. They take more of our money. And it was rough, 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 well over ten years. But during that whole time, because I knew how real spiritual things were, I knew there was going to come a day this ends. And I always believed the day was the day. And then one time, <clears throat> one, one time the Lord, Pastor Dave was in Exodus last week, and he saw a verse there, and I said, that's the big main verse the Lord give us that we really believed was going to come to pass, and it did. But Moses told the children of Israel, said, the Egyptians you see today, tomorrow you'll see them again no more forever. That's a, that's the a book of Exodus in our notes another day, wherever that's at, in Exodus. But the Lord gave us that verse, and so we start confessing. Those Egyptians we're seeing today, we're going to see them tomorrow again, no more forever, because God said so in His Word. We stood on that, we held on that, and guess what? <clears throat> I haven't seen that bunch for well over 20 years now. It came to pass, but it was a long battle. I want to say this again. Tough times don't last, but tough people do. You cannot be a quitter. You cannot be a, you cannot be a spiritual wimp and ever win. You know, I think about, you know, the, the working out people. You know, we got the people of modern times, man, they lift all the weights and do all the... I'm not, I'm not thinking about anybody, but just some people. <laughs> you know, they'd like to go to the gyms, they do the workouts, and you got the people, you know, you'll see them... Uh, put their face out there, man. They're standing there. Got a, I don't know how much those things weigh, man. A great big old. You don't win spiritual battles by physical workouts. Physical workouts are good, but you've got to work out in the Word. You've got to work out in the Word. You've got to meditate in the Word. You've got to be in the Word of God. And then when the battle comes, you've got to stand up like David and Goliath. And said David took five smooth, smooth stones to the battle, but only had to use one. Well, what I, what I call that is five good verses to the battle. And you probably just have to use just one. And so it says that a shepherd bag said he had five smooth stones. And when I, when I saw that a while back, those smooth stones, I thought, why did the Bible say smooth stones? And that tells me David didn't just grab randomly something, throw it in his bag, he was very selective about what he took to use. And so that tells me that when you're in a battle, you be selective about the verses you take to battle. You don't just randomly start throwing verses out like a machine gun. can't if you want to. I mean, you know, if a machine gun, if you've got enough bullets, you might hit something if you keep on shooting it. But the thing is, all you need is one good verse that's in your heart and in your mouth. And when you go to battle, speak that verse. But then have those others in reserve. David had far more if he needed them. But all it took was one. And we all know that David, no matter how good he was, could not have killed that giant if God wasn't guiding the stone. If God didn't put some anointing on that stone to make sure that stone went in and did what it was supposed to do, it wouldn't have worked. And so it says that our light afflictions, but for a moment, the works for us are far more exceeding than eternal weight of glory. But then look at this. It does that. God's Word works good things for us while we look not at the things which are seen. While we not look not at the things which are seen. In other words, you don't focus on it. We're not in denial. If you're in a battle, if you don't acknowledge you're in a battle, you're going to lose. 
But you don't focus on the battle. You don't focus on the enemy. You don't focus on the problem. It says, but we look at the things which are not seen. Well, what's not seen? Well, the Word of God, you see it on the pages. But you can't see what the Word of God's doing through natural eyes. But in the Spirit, you can see it. So we look at the things that are not seen. But things which are seen are temporal. That means subject to change. But things which are not seen are eternal. And so the Word of God is eternal. We don't focus on the financial lack. We don't focus on the family problem. We don't focus on the job problem. We don't focus on the problems around us. We don't deny they're there, but we deny they're right to take us out. Amen. The things that are not seen is the Word of God. You know, Hebrews 4.12 says, The Word of God's alive and full of power, sharp than any two-edged sword. And so we focus on the Word of God, and we know that the Word of God in the spiritual is like a seed in the natural. You plant the seed, you water the seed, and it does grow. And so we know as we're standing on the Word of God, how do you stand on the Word of God? You speak the Word of God. You know, you, you're not a... Uh, I don't know what, what, what a good word is. You're not, you're not, you're not a religious phony. You don't walk into church and somebody say, Hey, how you doing? And you quote off a half dozen verses like that and you walk out the door and then you go to your car and say, Hey man, I'll tell you what, I don't, I don't know what I'm going to do. Can you give me money to get home, man? I just, I don't even have money to go to work tomorrow. Can you, can you help me, man? I'm just really down. I'm out. I'm under. I don't know what I'm going to do. But in the church, everybody else, you put on the happy face. You got to have the happy face out there where the battle is. Amen. It really doesn't matter that much what you do it here. I mean, we want you to be nice. We don't want you to be mean. But I'll tell you what, there's some place that if you need help, you need to tell somebody, man, pray for me in the church. That's not the time to be a phony hypocrite. That's the time to somebody in the church, if you have to, and you go through a battle. You know, I'm talking about what I went through. I'm strong in the Lord. I did that. But if you're in here and you're not there yet, you need to be able to say to somebody, they say, hey, how you doing? You say, hey, man, could you pray for me? I'm really being hit on my job. Could you pray for me? I'm going to the doctor for a test this Friday. Could you pray for me? You know, that's an okay thing to do, but don't come to the church when you're going through things that you need to talk about. You don't talk about them. I sound like I'm contrary now, but I'm not. I'm talking about when you're strong, you talk strong. But while you're getting there, don't be a phony because if you're, if you're talking loser out there, and talking you're winning in here, this part doesn't count because out there's where the battle is. Hey man, does that does that make sense to you? Hey man, out there's where the battle is. That's where you need to be able to do the, the faith talking. And you know, I was thinking about you know one thing I talked about a couple weeks ago about how do you get there, but remember I talked about going from reading the Bible to meditating in the Word, writing verses down, reading them out loud and talking about them. And then Psalms 1-3 says you're like a tree planted by rivers of water. Well, I got see how that works today in a negative way. And I really don't like it because I still get the answer on it. But I've got lots of irrigation systems where I live at. And I noticed today that all of a sudden I was getting a new river in my driveway. And so I saw where it was coming from. Shut water off to it. Went over and diagnosed it. And I got these little irrigation valves. And has anybody ever heard of Bermuda grass? Out here in the desert, the Bermuda grass. Well, my valve, when it was opened up, 
water was flooding out. I dug down, got to it, and I took the top off. And those little old Bermuda grass roots were like a tree planted by water. They went through there, went into my little irrigation head, and they busted it out, busted my sill out. Just little bitty old roots went in there. But the thing was, they were seeking water. As they went in there, the roots got deeper and deeper and stronger and stronger. And I said that to say this. That's what meditating in the Word of God does. In dry times, has anybody beside me ever read the Bible and you felt so dry? You thought, man, if there's, if there's all God's saying, and which I wouldn't say, it would be, how dry I am. Has anybody ever read the Bible and felt like that song was working in you? <clears throat> that's the time, that's the time you're really growing. Because you're walking by faith and not by sight. And just like that Bermuda grass was going there to find water, when you feel dry like that, you're reaching out to God and you're reading the Bible and you just feel like, I feel like banging my head against the wall, man. This just feels so stupid. This feels so useless. Nothing going on. You know what's going on in the Spirit? Your roots are going down looking for something. They're reaching into God. They're reaching into His spiritual realm. And as you're doing that, you're getting stronger and stronger. I'm talking about when you're at home in your prayer closet or wherever you pray and read at, and you're reading out loud, and you're reading, God supplies all of my needs. God supplies all of my needs. Philippians 4.19, God supplies all of my needs. God, and you think, oh man, this is stupid. I was going to close my Bible and get out. I was going to go to work. Don't do that. Keep on reading. Because those times we went through for all those years like that, we had many, many, many months of dry times. We meditated on the Word. We meditated on the Word. And then by the time we was out there where the, where the battle was at, what come out of our mouth? Victory, victory, victory. Because it didn't feel like it in the prayer closet. But the roots were down there. Because the roots were down there, they found that water down there. When it had to come out, it was there. Because we put it there. Amen? Amen. I want to say it again. Get this. Tough times don't last. Whatever you're going through is temporary. It's going to change, but tough people do. And I want to close with 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 16 through 18. And actually, like it happens to me a lot of times when I'm hearing from the Lord about what to preach, this is the first three verses I had for tonight, but I knew I had to have something to lead up to it. And so, this is where we head. We're heading all the time to close these last few minutes up with you to get this. And I want to say this. A person of faith, a person walking with an attitude of faith, the spirit of faith, a person in faith always unconsciously practices these three things as a part of their everyday life. Whether you're going through good times, whether you're going through bad times, when you're a person of faith that's really walking in faith, you unconsciously don't even have to think about it. This works in your life, in your heart, in your mouth, every day, and you never think about it. Verse 16. Rejoice evermore. What does rejoice mean? What happens if you've got uh, good, 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 good beads that go up your tacos and stuff, and you really enjoy them, got a bunch left over, a few days later you pull them out, what do you do? You reheat them. Still got some left. What do you do? You reheat it. You get it up again. And so if you've got to rejoice, when you're going through a tough time, you stop and hopefully somebody with you is a faith person. You start going over again the victories that God's given you before. 
He starts saying things like, man, you remember that? It looked so impossible. Man, we believed God. And right when we thought it was over with, woo glory to God, He came through. The money showed up. We got that call. That estranged loved one showed up. I went to work. And that mean person made it right with me. And things totally changed. And then you go from victory to victory for a while. You talk about, man, you remember the time God did this? And let me give you a little little, little key key about that now. If you're having a conversation with fellow believers that are close to you and you're going through a rough time and they want to turn negative, start talking about <clears throat> how rough it is, how unfair it is, you don't deserve this. Start down that road with you. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait, whoa, whoa, stop. Don't you remember the time that God did this and God did that? That's what I'm going to focus on. This is what God did. And, and the, same, the same God that helped me kill that lion, that helped me kill that bear, that's the same God's going to help me take giant, that giant's head off, man. This thing is changing. Amen. You unconsciously do those things when you're walking in faith. And then pray without ceasing. And the pray without ceasing part, to me, simply means you're talking to Jesus every day, all day long. You get up, good morning, Lord. You're praying over your breakfast or whatever you do. You're praying on the way to work. You're praying on the work. And I'm not talking about you getting down on your knees and putting your hands up. You know, that's why you're working. Oh, thank you, Jesus, for that. Jesus, I appreciate that. Jesus, Jesus, I tell you, I'm just so glad you gave me this job. Jesus, I'm so glad for the paycheck. Jesus, I'm so glad that I'm not sick in bed. <clears throat> Jesus, I'm so glad to know that Acts 16.31 says you're saving me and saving my whole family. Jesus, I just, just you're all the time thinking about it and thoughts hit your head about the crisis you're in. Say, Jesus, I want to thank you. You said I cast all my worries on you. Take care of that. So because you'll take care of that, Jesus, I'm not going to try to figure it out. That's praying without ceasing. Now, this last one is something I want you to really get because there's probably some of you may have been taught wrong about this verse right here. And this could be the difference between life and death. Between depression and mental stability over how you handle this verse. In everything, give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Now you notice it said, in everything, not for everything. There's a difference between in something and for something. Said no matter what situation you're in, you'd be a thankful person. Thank you God that the word's working. Thank you, Jesus. Everything's coming out okay. And I want to give you two quick examples of people that were taught wrong and how terrible it was. When I was a new Christian, I went to a Pentecostal church, not a word church. And had this old lady missionary come in, been somewhere for a long time. She come to that verse there. She talked about some place she was at, some foreign country in Africa or somewhere. People died, stuff happened. And she read that verse to us. And I was a baby Christian. She said, he said, and everything give thanks. So I'm just thanking him. I was here watching all these people die. I was watching these people thinking, well, my turn's next. Thanking him for him, not in the situation of thinking that he was there with her and how good he was just coming through it. And then another, another person that, uh, matter of fact, the one that ordained us, before they got spirit filled and in a word church, they had a little baby that died. And people told them this verse wrong. They said, well, you better thank God for it. God wanted your baby to die. So they said, we didn't know what to do. And we started hating God. And so I'm telling you right now, as your person of faith, recognize this verse says, always 
be a prayer, be a rejoicer, and be thankful. Don't thank Him for the problem. You thank Him. You've got the answer. You thank Him for the victories. And you thank Him that you're coming through it, but never thank Him for the problem. Because God's not the author of the problem. The devil is. He's the cut, steal, kill, and destroy. And so that's where we stand. And uh, uh, good evening, church audience out there watching us. We are done. Thank you for listening to this podcast. For more information, visit hdwc.org.